0: Welcome to the Boonville Worship Center Sermon Podcast. So, Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy, for your goodness. We thank you for all that you are and all that you do in us and for us and through us. We thank you for this family. We thank you for Boonville Worship Center. We thank you for every individual every couple, every married couple. We just thank you for the life that we have in you. And we thank you tonight, God, for the gift of marriage, for the gift of covenant in marriage. What a beautiful thing that you've given to us. And um, we want to do it rightly. And we acknowledge tonight how difficult that can be at times. So tonight, Lord, we just pray and we ask you to move on our hearts tonight and over the next three weeks that you help show us where we're at and where you want us to be. You help show us individually as husbands and as wives how we can better serve our spouse I pray that you bring us in alignment in such a way that our marriages, God, are just such an example and full of your glory and full of your light that other people see them and say, I want to be like that, God. Let us represent you. Let our marriages be full. And uh, we just pray for your wisdom, for your conviction, for your guidance to bring us in alignment in Jesus' name. Amen amen. Well, praise God. Good to have everyone here tonight. Any good? Amen. So I've been excited for this class and, um, I'm thankful for you coming and investing into your marriage. Um, it's worth it. Amen. And, um, I was thinking today, I've had this ready tonight for, for quite a while, but I was thinking today that, um, Marriage is truly one of the greatest blessings that God's giving us, has given us to experience here on earth. The relationship that a husband and wife can have together, like it truly is. One of the greatest blessings that he's created and ordained for us to have. It can also be difficult because we're both different often right so god help lead us in this so i've taught on this a ton i love every february um i've taught on so many different aspects of marriage and different things and um, i prayed a lot towards the end of the year and what this would look like and i ordered several books and i was reading through the scriptures and i got through through several books i'm like no that's not it that's not it that's not it And then I came to this book, and um, this is going to be a lot of our material uh, over the next four weeks, even though I'm giving you a lot of stuff on my own and different things, but a large part of the material that we're going to be looking at over the next four weeks is going to be from this book right here from Gary Chapman. It's called The Four Seasons of Marriage, The Secrets to a Lasting Marriage. So, I don't recommend a whole lot of books, but I cannot recommend this one enough. I've read it multiple times now, and it is absolutely uh, tremendous. Um, Gary Gary Chapman, some of you know, he wrote the book, The Five Love Languages. How many of you have read that? Um, several others. Um, he has over 40 years of family and marriage counseling, and so his experience is, is just so phenomenal. And um, so a lot of what I'm going to give to you tonight has came out of this, along with just the scripture, and then along with uh, myself and the experience that I have as a pastor for all these years and being married for the, the years that I have. And so um, here we go. Amen. I want to say, <clears throat> next Wednesday is Valentine's Day. I expect you all to be here. No, I expect you to be where the Lord wants you to be. Um, everything's recorded, so if you got a night planned, go do that. If you can be here, it will be beneficial to you. But next Wednesday, um, I'm going to do a drawing. So I'll have some little forms going out as you're coming in. We'll put them on a box. And I'm going to do a drawing. I'm going to give two of these books away. And then I'm going to give two $50 um, gift cards away for two couples to go out and have a date night. Just a little something special. And so that will be happening happening next week. But um, most of all... I just want to have healthy marriages in the church. Amen? I want my marriage to be healthy. I want your marriage to be healthy. So we're going to learn and grow together. You guys ready? So let's dive in. I told, I think I mentioned this Sunday, but um, I I still have more to do. But I think I have a little over 50 hours uh, accumulated time in. Reading and studying and putting together for this marriage class and I'm not done yet I've only got four hours to do that in one hour each night and it's all I got 50 minutes left tonight So I'm gonna try to figure out how to squeeze a lot of this in and release into you what the Lord has shown me So I want to talk a little bit tonight about the nature of marriage just to begin with And just to kind of lay this foundation that you guys are familiar with, but it's so important for us to be reminded of. And so the institution of marriage is first and foremost a covenant relationship in which a man and a woman pledge themselves to each other for a lifetime partnership. Everybody say lifetime. Lifetime. Did someone next to you not say it? Everybody said lifetime? A lifetime. So in the, in the biblical account of creation, God's expressed desire is that the two, a man and a woman, shall become one flesh, right? So we're all familiar with that, Genesis 2 and 24. But we forget this sometimes, like what that really means, So I just want to lay this out there. The two shall become one flesh. So at the heart of marriage is the idea of unity, being one. Oneness means unity. So the very heart of God's plan for a man and a woman coming in covenant together, right, is to become one, to be in unity, um, to be in in harmony, oneness, oneness. So it's the very opposite of standing alone. Yet a lot of times in marriage we feel like we're standing alone. Okay? So we're going to be really real over the next four weeks. Okay? But this is God's plan. This is his intentions from the very beginning. So marriage is designed to satisfy this deep desire for intimacy, for love in a, in a man, and a woman. It's placed in us by God, by God, by God. It's why we have teenagers, preteens, 12 and 13 years old, and on up, right, looking at boys and looking at girls and wanting to have this, like it's, there's something in there. we got to contain that until they're 30, if we can't. Amen. But it's in us. It's 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 designed. There's this heart. Marriage is designed to satisfy this deep desire for intimacy in a man and a woman. So so I think it's important for us to establish in marriage that it's not simply a relationship, right? Like any other just with benefits on the side. The two greatest relationships Ever established by God is our covenant with Him and our covenant with our spouse. Those two things will always and have always been intended to be separate from any other relationship. Okay, so we're just kind of establishing some of these some of these basics. So it's it's an intimate relationship that encompasses all aspects of our life, Um, intellectual, emotional. Social, spiritual, and physical, right? So a husband and wife are designed by God to share life with each other in the absolute deepest way possible between two humans. That's God's desire. It's how he created us. It's his purpose and his plan all the way back to Genesis chapter 2. Amen? so we've got to we got to step into that and realize that it it'll, it'll help us as we, as we move as as we move forward. Um so I think I have in your notes um the five five essential these are essential aspects coming out of that coming out of God's purpose and God's design five essential aspects of marriage, okay? And so The first one is being fully committed. Understanding that we didn't step into a contract, we stepped into a covenant. Amen? So it's essential that we're fully committed in this. So fully committed means there's no plan B. Amen? Let me just help someone maybe. Stop wondering if you made the wrong decision. When things get hard. Because I promise you, there's not anyone in this room tonight that hasn't wondered if they made the wrong decision at some point in time when things didn't get tough. That's covenant. So we establish this in this very moment that it's being fully 100% committed in this covenant that we made with this man and this woman till death do us part. It's committed. Amen? Secondly, is being united. Being united. Um, no longer two, but one. It's being in unity. It's living in harmony with one another. This is essential. Being fully committed and being united. Um, the third is being intimate, it's physical. It's emotionally and spiritually, um, in, in every way like no other relationship, right? Being intimate as husband and wife. The fourth thing is being purposeful, and that means that we're helpmates um, and we're supporters in every area of life. What's that mean? It means we're here to serve one another. There's no person on this earth that I'm called to serve more than Lori. More than Lori. There's no person on earth that she's called to serve more than me. Amen? Well, God, God, but under that, it's each other. Then it's our children, and it's everything. Everything flows underneath that. So it's purposeful. We're helpmates and we're supporters in every area. And then the fifth thing is is that that it's that we're complementary. In other words, we make each other better. Um, our lives uh, are meant to complement one another. I can stand before you today, and I can say that that I'm a better person. And my life is better because my wife is in it. She compliments me. Where I'm weak, she's strong, right? Like in every area, she compliments me. We haven't always got that right, but in the big scale of that, she compliments me. So these five things, being fully committed, being united as one, unity, Intimate physically, emotionally, and spiritually, understanding that, that it's purposeful that you're helpmates, that you serve one another, and being complementary. These are five essential aspects of a healthy, godly marriage. And so, just take those, because I'm about to drop that and move on, but we've got to ask ourselves, you know, am I, does she know or does he know that I'm fully committed in this? So I'm just going to drop some side notes because I deal with stuff all the time as a pastor. So I'm just going to throw this out there. Never, ever, ever should you bring up the D word in your marriage. Because it should never be an option. should never be an option. So stop it. Just don't ever let it come up what that causes in your spouse is fear that then manipulates them come on and causes them to act completely different and mess everything up so make sure that your spouse knows that you're fully committed make sure that they know that you're in unity make sure that you're fulfilling intimacy physically emotionally and spiritually make sure that you understand that you're fulfilling your your purpose and being a genuine helpmate and in serving them and making sure that you're you're. complimenting one another in everything that you do. Amen? Is that okay? (laughs) I feel like I just kind of came out blazing tonight. But I do have 50 hours to teach in four. So work with me. You guys good? All right? Because a lot of times I've taught this class through the years where we had a lot of open discussion, and we'll have some time for that, but I just really feel like I need to give you what God's given me. Amen? So... Write this stuff down. I want to talk now about what happened. So we understand the truth that I've just laid out there. But then I want to talk about adapting to the changing seasons. Because most of us here, and I know all of you, we understand the the importance of covenant and unity and commitment and all those things that I've just given to you. Intimacy, we understand all of that. But why, why do we fail in it sometimes? And so I'm going to be talking about adapting to the changing seasons. And here's, here's our challenge. Here's our, here's our challenge. Um, marriage relationships are constantly changing. Constantly changing. Because life changes. For every one of us, we change. I change. I'm different from when Lori first met me, praise Jesus, for the better. But through the process, I've changed not always for the better. And here we are because we're still committed. We understand covenant. We didn't give up. We sustained our intimacy in every area. Come on, all the things that I just laid out, those five essentials. And here we are, right? 36-ish years, forgive me, Lord and Lori, but they're constantly changing. So I want to talk about changes, okay, and then I'm going to lead us into the heart of where we're going tonight. Is everybody good? We're going to hit some meat. You guys ready for some meat? I hope you are because I'm hitting the hardest thing tonight. And then we're going to head into some better things the next two weeks. But I'm going to hit the heart tonight. The truth is, is sometimes change is beyond our control. A spouse having a life-threatening illness changes everything. A marriage where a spouse loses a job... And all of a sudden, finances are just swept away. Changes everything. Um, Being in a marriage where one of the spouses needs to care for an aging parent. Anyone else been there? It changes things. I'm there now, and I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. Called my mom yesterday. Yesterday. You want to have dinner? Yeah. Where do you want to eat at? I already knew what she was going to say. I made some suggestions. Taco Bell? Wendy's? I already knew what she was going to say. Well, how about Nellie? Scotty, Nellie sounds good. (laughs) So I ordered Nellie's online, and I go have dinner with my mom. Couldn't trade it for anything in the world. Lori's gone, so it's good. I got a good dinner last night. It wasn't a frozen meal, so it's a win-win for me. I'm not lying to you. But you know when she's here and things like that, and I've got to do doctor's visits two or three times a week, or this or that, or she, when she's been in the hospital and different. There's things that we go through even with aging parents and the time and things involved and the emotion. It affects everything. I'm just talking about life. You guys, good. Um, maybe it's walking through a difficult situation with our children, whether they're children, children, or whether they're adult children. Right? Maybe it's been something that's been traumatic with one of them. Whatever that it is. All that stuff affects life, which affects us, which ultimately affects our marriage in some way. Depending on how we choose. We're going to get into that later. But the the truth is, is that life is full of unexpected changes. Right? For all of us. And so... Our only choice as a couple, then, as husband and wife, how are we going to respond to that? How are we going to respond to these things that I just mentioned that are somewhat out of our control, that we need to do, that we're responsible for, that affect our marriage? How are we going to respond in those moments? That's a question. Then there are changes that we create for ourselves sometimes, like decisions we make regarding jobs, Maybe working overtime, maybe changing jobs, um, regarding having children or not having children, like all that stuff, finances, um, ministry, our involvement in ministry, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Choices we make that will affect our marriages. Again, the manner in which we process these changes will determine the quality of our marriage or the season that we're in. So I step back and I say that no matter where you're at, if you're dating, if you're engaged, if you've married a year or five years or 10 or 50 years, life is always changing. So the health and the life of our marriage is always going to be determined by how we adjust and respond to those changes, okay? Because life is going to happen and and again some things are are out of our control some things are are within our control so i want to talk about seasons a little bit which is where where i kind of got into this book and why it kind of hit a, a a little chord in me a little bit but so let's talk about seasons so in the natural world the four seasons, you know, that we're familiar with, are created by certain inevitable changes that occur as the Earth turns and revolves around the sun. So we know this, creating what, winter, spring, summer, and fall. Okay, so we're going to focus on those four things. Well, we're gonna we're gonna kind of go into these in depth here a little bit, but but likewise. Um, uh, that it, it's, it's like the changes that we face in life and the way that we respond to them create the seasons of marriage, okay? So in the natural, there's at least where we're at, maybe not for the sunbirds living down on the beach, okay? Let's forget about them. They don't really matter, okay? Because we're here stuck in winter. But for most of us, in the natural, we have these, these seasons of winter and spring and summer and fall, these changes in life that we face. Again, how we respond to them, how we respond to them um, creates this, this season of marriage that we're in. So let's just, let me be, uh, man. That clock is going fast. I'm on page two of 30. No, just kidding. <laughs> so let's just look at this for a minute. <clears throat> Newlyweds get married. And it's just the two of them in the house for six months or a year or two years or whatever. That's going to look a certain way until you bring a baby in. Then you bring a baby in, and that's going to change things. It's beautiful. It's precious. It's, everyone's excited. But it still changes the marriage, right? Because you're exhausted, and you smell like stuff. <laughs> and everything else that comes along with it. It's beautiful. I wouldn't change it, but it, 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 it shifts things, right? So that happens. Um, maybe you, maybe you experience the death of a of a loved one, um, or an illness, or again the demands of a job, or moving away from from family. Maybe maybe there's a job that happens, and and all of a sudden you're forced to move. You know, states away from your from your. From your family, from your mom and dad and siblings, whatever, whatever that it may be, um, disagreements, just mood swings. Come on, y'all know we have them. Maybe you got teenagers. God forbid. Bless you. What about aging bodies? <laughs> I feel like I could comment on that right now. But I probably shouldn't. It changes stuff. Our habits. Sin. All these things are examples of situations and circumstances that can put pressure on a marriage and and demand a response. A lot of them are things that we can't change; it's just part of life. Some are the, some are things that we bring in on our own, and that make it really difficult. But it all comes down to how are we going to respond to those things. So if we respond well, and we're in unity, and we're in harmony with our spouse, then we can keep our marriage in a in a spring or in a in a summer season, right? But if we don't respond well, or if our our response clashes with our spouse, then we can feel the chill of fall, or sometimes skip fall, and thrust swiftly right into an icy cold winter season. Most of us that have been here tonight, that have been married for a while, can contest to that. And we understand what it looks like to go from A warm season, and just in a short amount of time, all of a sudden, it's icy cold, sometimes before we even know that it hit us. And so, everybody still tracking with me? A good news is, next week I'm going to talk about spring and summer, but tonight we're going to talk about winter, so that's where God has me at. So here's the key in all of this stuff in our marriages is our response to change. Everybody say change. Amen. Amen. So I, I laid out these five core things of marriage, and then I've been talking about how change happens in every marriage, in every family, in every home. And so now I want to talk about our response to change and how it consists of our emotions Okay, those are on your notes. These are going to be the key thing. You're going to hear these three things for the next four weeks: our emotions, our attitudes, and our actions. Okay, these three things. The combination of these three factors will be will determine which season or or uh, uh, our marriage is in at any given time. So important. These three factors. Will determine which season our marriage is in at any given time. Our emotions, our attitudes, and our actions. So we feel emotions, we develop attitudes, and then we take action, whether they're good or bad. It's just human nature. It's what we all do. Every one of you in here, that is how life works. So the interweaving, the interweaving of our emotions and then our attitudes and our actions creates the quality of relationship in the various seasons of marriage. Side note, this is applicable to every relationship. Whether it's friendship, whether it's with leadership, or vice versa, or whatever. These three things and how we respond to them are so critical in every relationship they have. But tonight we're talking about marriage. Amen? So, we feel this stuff. So, let's talk about this. Emotions, real quick. Emotions. Emotions tell us something is wrong or right in a relationship. Okay? It's what we feel in that moment. Oh, this is off or this is good. We feel that. Okay? But this is important. Emotions, if we want to do this rightly and biblically, Emotions must be led to reason, to reason. And then reason must be guided by, by truth, by God's word, okay? This is where we get off a lot, because a lot of times we just have emotions, and then we, like, jump track, pew, and we hit everything in the path, okay? So this is what I'm bringing us in here, and again, I'm going quickly, but just try to stay with me. Write down what the Lord's given you. Emotions must lead to reason. Reason must be guided by truth, which is God's word ultimately. And then truth will lead us to take constructive action. Okay? So, too often we don't allow our emotions to lead us to reason. So, our reason, right? Isn't, isn't guided by, by truth. So we've got to put these things together. So be careful not to short-circuit the process and jump straight from emotions to action without the benefit of reason guided by truth. Okay, so that's real important. I'm going to repeat myself, even though I don't have time. Be careful not to short-circuit the process and jump straight from emotions to action without the benefit of reason guided by truth. Because most often, it will be a destructive action. And this is the course that our flesh most often takes. We just have an emotion... And it's either good, so we just jump straight into it, or it's really bad, and then we just respond to it. And reason and truth doesn't even come into play until way later on when there's been damage done. Okay? (laughs) I can't tell by the looks on your faces whether or not you're grasping this or not. Is this good? Okay. All right, emotions, attitudes, and actions. So I want to begin our journey of defining the four seasons of marriage, and we're kind of going to live here for the rest of tonight and into next week. And we're going to talk. We're going to define the, the, the four seasons, and um, um, we're going to look at the common. We're going to look at the common emotions and attitudes and actions that create or sustain, because what we want to do is sustain the right Seasons. Okay, so we're going to look at the, adi- the, the 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 emotions, attitudes, and actions that create or sustain a particular season. We're going to break them 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 down over the next two weeks. We're going to identify the season, hopefully that our marriage is in, and then the season that we want to be in, and um, that's where we're going to go. So tonight we're going to. Um, begin with the winter season, and I'm sorry about that. But not sorry, because we need to know about it. Because I've come to find out that I believe that every marriage will go through a winter season at some point in time. We just do. We want to not stay there. We want to get through it quickly, and then we want to avoid going through it again. But I'm going to Say that most marriages, if not all, will have winter season, if not season. So, we're going to learn about this and then hopefully try to finish, figure out how to not be there. And then, we're going to end the last two weeks and we're going to get into some really strong stuff about seven actions or strategies to enhance the quality of our marriage. So, that's kind of going to be the format of the next four weeks. Tonight, I want to finish the last 22 minutes, and I want to define winter. I want to define winter. Okay? So in the natural, in the natural, winter season is cold, it's bitter, it's snowy, it's icy, and it's harsh. Right? So in short, winter means difficulty. I've met a few people that quite aren't there somehow mentally or emotionally or something that like winter, but I I think something's seriously wrong with them, okay? But for most of us normal folks, okay, winter means difficulty, all right? Um, Life is much harder in the winter than it is in the summer when you think about the elements. Okay, so that's in the natural. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time describing winter because we're in winter, so we all understand it, even though we're having a great February. Praise Jesus for the 50 degree temperatures. Amen. All right, but we understand winter. Everyone here understands winter, what it means, what it represents. So, winter marriages, when our marriage enters into this winter season, it's characterized by coldness harshness and and often bitterness it's cold snows on the ground and the weather forecast is for freezing rain it's not looking good we all know what that feels like or most of us right like that's kind of that's the that's the winter season so if a husband and wife in this winter season have a, conversa- have a conversation, it's typically uh, merely about logistics, like um, who will do what and when. Um, if they try to talk about the relationship, it typically ends in an argument that goes unresolved. Uh, some couples just simply live in cold silence for a period of time through the winter Days or weeks or months. Um, Often each spouse blames the other for the coldness of their relationship because it's absolutely, positively, of their fault. (laughs) And essentially, they live independent lives, though they live in the same house. This is a winter marriage. This is a winter marriage. What brings a couple to the winter season of marriage? Well, I'm going to talk about fall. Fall is going to be my last one. And fall will give indication of what leads into winter. And it's probably going to be the favorite one that I teach on. Um, and probably the one that we need to be most cautious of, okay? Because it will keep us from getting here, which a lot of people live here in winter, Right? A lot of people learn to live in winter because even in winter there's a few fireplace moments. So there's just enough fireplace moments here or there that give us what we need to cling on for the rest of winter or to stay in it. Amen. So we're not we're not going to do that. Anyways, um, we're gonna we're gonna walk walk through these walk through these things together. But here's here's where we're at. Um what brings a couple to the winter marriage, the winter season of marriage, if I was to give you one word, it would be rigidity. Rigidity. The unwillingness to consider the other person's perspective and to work toward a meaningful compromise. They just become cold. At this point in time, you've already gone through fall, and then now you're just, you're just cold. All couples face difficulties, and all couples face differences. Um, couples who fail to negotiate these differences will often find themselves in the middle of winter. Created, again, I, 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 I opened up talking about, you know, how, we, how life goes through changes. We have all these changes. Some, some we, can't, uh, we can't help. Some we bring on ourselves, but we all go through them. But, but um, it, it's this winter season is not created by difficulties of life, but by the way we respond to them. It's by the way we respond to them. Because ultimately, life is going to happen, right? Because we all face these difficulties. So the interaction of these three factors, our emotions, our attitudes, and our actions, right, determine whether we stay in a season or whether we move into another season, right, of spring and summer. So, Lord, help us learn how to negotiate these things and recognize these um, times and, and moments that, that we are in. Um, so here we go. Let me, let me just say this real quick about, about winter. About all these seasons, actually, but, um, but about winter. Um, winter. Winter may last, um, for a married couple, it may last several days, which I would link more towards fall, but it, but it could get that cold in a couple of days. Um, um, it could last a week. It could last a month. Or for some, some couples and some marriages, it could even last a year. Uh, or years. Um, it may happen within the first um, year or year, couple years of marriage, or it could happen with a couple that's married for 30 plus years. Um, all determined by our emotions, our attitudes, and actions, and how we are responding to change and to difficulty. Okay? All those things are playing into it. All right, you guys good? Have I encouraged you in your marriages yet? I don't know anyone that I've ever met in all my years as a pastor and doing marriage counseling that got married and tended to live in winter. But I've met a whole lot of married people that were in winter. So it's important that we recognize it, that we recognize that it can be a season, and then we recognize that God made a way for us to get out of that and end up on the beach in summer. Come on, my favorite place. All right? So we're going to talk about this, emotions, attitudes, and actions. I want to define I want it to, because I want us to, in these next couple weeks here, I want you to be nice to each other, but I want us to kind of help define what season that we're in as a married couple. And so we're going to define each one of them, but tonight I'm going to, we're on the winter season and we're going to move into spring. Praise Jesus. It will be a whole lot easier for me to teach on, but I want to define the common emotions of winter, okay? So the common emotions in a husband and wife who find themselves in, in a winter season of marriage, okay? So it's hurt, it's anger, it's disappointment, It's loneliness. It's um, often feeling rejected. Um, All the emotions of a couple caught in the winter reveal the coldness, the harshness, and the bitterness that grip the marriage when they've allowed themselves to get to that that point in that state in their marriage. Amen? So... um, in this book, there's a lot of, uh, a, a, over his nearly 40 years of marriage counseling, he uses a lot of people and in, in his experience with them uh, without using their names and their approval. But here, here's some common statements made by spouses in a winter season. Here's what you would maybe hear from a husband or, or from a wife that are in a winter season. They might say, emotionally, I am, I'm just totally empty. Feels like I have nothing to give. Um, it feels like my spouse doesn't love me, like me, or respect me. Um, at the most, it feels like my spouse tolerates me. I feel disappointed and dejected. Um, we don't talk. We only argue and never come to any agreements. It seems like my spouse will not listen to me and they don't care about my feelings. We spend little time together and share no affirmation, affection, or touch in any way. So these are comments from different Scenarios that I read from Gary of different couples he met with, and that were in the winter months, whether it was the husband or the wife that shared shared these things. I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound like fun seven fifty have you any <laughs> I'm not gonna ask. Common attitudes of winter. So those were the common emotions. Here's the common attitudes of winter. The attitude attitudes are the way we think about or interpret what we're experiencing in life, whether it be positively or whether it, whether it be negatively. It's our, our attitudes, the way we think or interpret what we're experiencing. So the winter season of marriage is characterized by typically by by negative attitudes so so in winter people tend to see 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 the worst we perceive problems as being too big we think that disagreements have gone on too long and can never be resolved we tend to blame our spouse for the decline of our relationship and that it's never going to change and so a lot of times in the winter season whether wherever it's at in there whether it's at the beginning or in the middle or the end a lot of times folks in a winter season of marriage it just feels hopeless we've done this for so many years and we just keep going through this cycle and it never changes and sometimes it's good sometimes we're in spring and then we're here then we're here and i'm just so tired of this cycle and over and over again it can create this feeling this genuine feeling of feeling hopeless okay that sometimes is the feeling of a marriage when it's in a winter season. So these attitudes these attitudes foster emotions that range from discouragement to, to utter hopelessness. Okay, so there's the emotions and there's the attitudes of winter. Now let's define the common actions of winter. The common actions of winter. This is what you'll see in a marriage when they're in the winter season. So our natural tendency in winter, in the natural, is to avoid the elements as much as possible, right? So if you were to sit in the parking lot when, it, uh, uh, two, two or three weeks ago, when it was eight degrees outside, you would have seen my truck start up while I was still in my office, I would have waited 10 minutes for it to get to about 92 degrees in there. I would have opened the door and locked it ASAP and jolted to my car as fast as I could to get inside. Like I'm going to do everything I can to avoid the elements because I hate being cold. So this is kind of what we're we're talking about. Um, We stay inside. Um, just just to wait for it to warm up or for the season to change, whatever. So in a winter season of marriage, we often have the same tendency to avoid the elements. Okay? We avoid them. I'm going to talk about fall, but in fall we often attempt to address the elements before they turn bad. But a lot of times, once we're in winter, we just want to avoid the elements. So we often withdraw within ourselves. We hunker down and try to just hide out, ride out the coldness. Desire, um, And the whole time, we're, we're like, you know, we want spring. We want spring. We, we, we desire summer. But, but a lot of times, when people are in the winter months, they're not taking any steps to move towards it. Okay? Which is what we want to be so cautious of. We're gonna learn that in the in again in the in the fall season. So but he, so here's what we learn that, that can be dangerous in that. Well, unlike the natural seasons, like we're we're stuck in winter right now, all of us. Even though it's a nice winter so far. But we do know that naturally the sun and the earth are gonna to continue to turn and spring is on its way. And we know that summer is going to come automatically. But unlike the natural seasons, the seasons of marriage do not typically change without a positive action. That's why some folks could be in a winter season maybe for two or three weeks. Some can be in a winter season for several months. And some people could live in winter seasons for years because it's not going to change that winter season is not going to change on it on, 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 on its own so so actions in winter season uh, a lot of times here then tend to be um, uh, tend to be uh, divisive and destructive or or just like no action at all. We're just we're just waiting to write it out. we're just waiting waiting for something to happen waiting for something to change um, And so, Part of the actions of winter then that we see is harsh words being spoken um, withdraw, um, silence. all of these are actions that that we have or or hopefully never will but the likelihood is pretty good that, that we could experience in winter if we allow ourselves to get there without the proper emotions. Um, attitudes, and actions. So when this happens and we find ourselves in winter, whether it be con- consciously or unconsciously, um, these things are designed to hurt our spouse. So we, we're often critical, we're demanding, and, and, and using demeaning words, and all these things indicate a coldness in the relationship. And the harshness of winter is ultimately, people become detached and they, they become detached emotionally, and then they, they become they become detached physically, right and, uh, and spiritually in all these different ways that already established the beginning of the five essentials, right? And then so when we allow ourselves to get to that place, then things become and people begin to feel it's hopeless. That's why we have such a high rate of divorce uh, in our society today, and not just in the world, but even, even within the church. And so I felt like that um, I, can I be honest with you? I did not want to teach this as my first class tonight. I mean, I'm wondering how many of you will come back But next week, we're going to deal with spring and summer. It's going to be awesome. But I feel like I just need some married couples in here to acknowledge that the winter season's real, besides me. Anybody? The winter season's there. We get there, for all, for almost anyone, it's going to be knocking on our door because life changes so often. And especially a lot of times when we're younger or early on in it because we deal with things so differently and we mature as we get older. But I felt like, man, I needed to drop this in here. And this is such a powerful thing that he brings out in his book because this is not where God intended us to be. So um, I guess um, when we're in this place, And people become detached emotionally, physically, spiritually. There's little affection. There's little affirmation given. Oh, I guess winter is not fun. And it is not what God intended for marriage. So I just wanted to, we're laying that foundation tonight and then we're going to build on from there. And we're going to declare that we're going to get where God intended for us to be. And praise Jesus, hopefully most of you are not even relating to this, and you're just living on the beach right now. Bless your marriage. Hopefully some of you are in the spring, and it's exciting, and you're looking forward to the beach. Amen? Hopefully not a whole lot of you are in the fall, because the fall is usually not leading into a good season, and we're going to address that. God wants us to be in a healthy state. But we need to recognize the changes, the things that happen, the things that we go through. And then ultimately how our, how our emotions, how many of you know emotions are real? So you're going to feel emotions. All your emotions are not always going to be good because change is always happening. So we're going to feel sad. We're going to feel all of these things sometimes, right? And so when we learn this and we grab a hold of it, then we understand the importance of our emotions. We understand biblically where we're at. Then when we grab a hold of it quick enough, that changes our attitude. And then our actions in that are going to be completely different. But if we don't understand this, we don't understand the winter season, then our emotions are are going to affect our attitudes in a negative way. Our attitudes are going to affect our actions, and it's going to affect our marriage, and it's going to keep us or lead us into a winter season. Amen? So let me, let me finish with this just really quick um, and drop this in you because here's the good news. I feel like Lori and I have lived the majority of our marriage these 30-plus years right, in spring and summer. But I would be lying to you if I didn't say in these 30 years we haven't gone through fall. And we most certainly had winter seasons where both of us questioned what in the world happened. Both of us did. But this is all I want to say to you tonight, because I believe like there's, there's probably some, some winter marriages in this house. They're, they're, anyways. Here's the positive side of winter and why I wanted to bring this to you tonight. And this is what I want to encourage you with before we dive into the beautiful seasons of spring next week. But here's the positive side of winter. Most couples have found themselves in winter at one point or another. You're no different than any other couple. But there's no reason to passively accept the coldness of a winter marriage. There's a way out and it begins with hope. It begins with hope. And hope stimulates the desire for healing. Where does your hope come from? Your hope comes from me. It comes from my testimony. It comes from Lori and I's testimony. Over 35 or 7 years or whatever of marriage, I love that woman more today than I ever have. I mean, I am. I love that woman. We are so healthy, even though she's 35 hours away and I haven't seen her for months now. Right? I love that woman. It gets better and better and better and better. I'm here to tell you tonight that there is hope that if you will sustain that, if you will grab a hold of your emotions, and if you'll check your attitude, and if you'll line those things up with the Word of God, it'll shift your attitude, which then will shift your actions, and your actions will then shift your, your emotions, that then will shift your attitude, and it all just circles back around, and you'll find yourself coming back into to a healthy place, but I'm telling you, there's a way out, and it begins with hope. Hope stimulates a desire for healing and health. It can, and again, it can change all of these, your emotions, your attitudes, your actions, and so a winter marriage often makes a couple desperate enough to break out of their silent suffering and seek help. Praise God, For the amazing men and women that end up in my office or someone else's office or in another couple's home at church that's been married for a long time that said, hey, we're stuck in this place and we need help. But a lot of times that winter season has led us to a place where we're like, we, we, need to, we, need, we, need to, we need some help here. Amen? And that's a good thing that can come out of that season in life. Don't, don't take it for granted. So God can use these marital winter seasons for good if we let him because it's the trials in life that produce perseverance, that produces character, that produces hope, and hope does not disappoint. Amen? We want to end up in hope and not live in hopeless. Enemy wants to keep you hopeless so he can divide what God established. God wants to bring you back into hope, and there's always hope as long as we're in him. It's Romans chapter 5, 1 through 5, if you want to read it. So here's the key. When each spouse takes responsibility and the failures of winter are confessed and forgiven, right? We, we, will, we will, we'll, talk, we'll talk more a little bit about that later, but forgiveness makes room for love. Love covers over a multitude of sin, and ultimately the scripture says love never fails. So the potential for deep healing and deeper intimacy than than you've ever experienced is there, and it's within reach. When two people choose to rightly love again, the melting of ice will actually water the seed for what's going to grow in the spring. Come on. I pray and I hope that everyone in here is in a spring or a summer season in their marriage. My experience tells me that that's not so. So I want to speak into someone here tonight that I'm telling you that if you will get with God and you will allow Him to bring your emotions And your attitudes and shift those things, it will begin to change your actions. It will begin to melt the ice of the winter and the coldness and the harshness that you're experiencing. And that very thing that was freezing, the very water that comes from it, will actually water the seed that will grow beautiful things in the spring and summer of your marriage in Jesus' name. That's the hope that we have in him. Amen? completely not what you're expecting for tonight i can already tell but i'm not here to play games winners real winners real i don't think that there's a couple in here that's been married more than 2 days no <laughs> A decent while, that would tell you they haven't experienced the coldness of winter at some point in time. Praise God. You got your emotions and your attitude in alignment. And you worked through that and you got your actions straight. Or you wouldn't be sitting here today. Amen. So I bless you in that. I pray that we continue to recognize these seasons These three things, you're going to hear it over and over and over again. They're going to be the most three critical things that I give you in these next three weeks and how they affect our marriage and any relationship they're in. is going to be our emotions, because they're real, right? Our emotions, and then our attitudes, and then our actions, those three things, amen? So next we're going to talk about spring. We're going to talk about summer. And then the next we're gonna go into fall and we're gonna talk about these seven beautiful things that are gonna be so powerful that help equip us to stay in the spring and the summer seasons, amen. I'm believing for healthy marriages. How about you guys? I'm believing for marriages that are full of glory and full of God. I'm believing for marriages that are equipped to recognize the changes that happen in life. Because the very reason why I started tonight. Because I would just love to tell you that it's just a beautiful, happy journey from day one. As soon as you take off that bridal dress and that tuxedo. That it's just gorgeous all along the journey. And there's no trials or tribulation right? Wouldn't that be awesome? But the truth is life does happen and it can be beautiful. And then yeah, I beg for you not to tell the young couple, oh, just wait, it's going to get horrible for you. Don't speak that over them. Come on we got young couples that are engaged. Let's just speak the favor of God and the blessing of God over them. I pray that from the moment they get married, that if they're equipped with this, that they can stay and remain in spring and summer all throughout their marriage. Amen? That's what I believe and I speak over them. But I'm going to tell you what, I want them also to be equipped to recognize when fall begins to come. So they know to stop. Because they can stop it there in the moment of the leaves beginning to change. Then they can go right back into summer and not ever, ever, ever even enter into winter. I wish I would have had all this stuff I'm about to give you over the next three weeks when I was first married. Amen? So, Lord, help us, lead us, guide us in Jesus' name. I bless you. Father, thank you for every man and woman that's here tonight. Thank you for every relationship. I pray for those, God, that are engaged, those who are looking to get married, that you teach them, that you equip them, that you encourage them, that you see the hope that they could have in you, that, God, marriage is ordained of you, that deep intimacy with another person is so beautiful, and I just pray you strengthen them with that. I pray for all of us that you also use this, God, to help see and us to recognize the changes that happen in life and the responses that we can have, whether they be good or bad, and how our emotions and how our attitude and our actions affect every area of our life and our marriage, God, and that you bring us into alignment in all those areas, God, to where we stay in the spring and summer months of our marriage. I bless every one of them. I pray your grace and your favor and abundance of your love and your joy into each and every one of them in Jesus' name name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week. Until next time.